What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells. Time for a family meetup, the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. And as the NASCAR season comes to a close, you might think that Matt Sells has a whole bunch of bye weeks coming up. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. Matt Sells getting ready to develop amazing new tools for FantasyAlarm.com. Sellsy, another successful season, my man, on the track. How are things? How's the cool down going, at least from the NASCAR season? Uh, things are pretty good. It was, look, I want, I am, I don't think I'm in the minority anymore, but I don't want the championship race at Phoenix anymore. Uh, it needs to move from that track. It was terrible. That race was just atrocious for a championship race. The commissioner picked the track then. Where's it going? Where, I want it back at Homestead. Okay. I want it back at Homestead, Miami. That's where it had been, and then they moved it like three years ago. Um, because they wanted to give everybody the chance to see the championship right. race, I guess. But now it's parked in Phoenix, so it's like you're not really moving it. You just moved it to a terrible track. Um, Brian France isn't the commissioner anymore, right? No, Steve Phelps is the president of NASCAR. Because it was Brian France, and then it was Billy France before that, right? Yeah, they started NASCAR. The France, okay. the France family started uh, well, organized it really, right? It was a bunch of uh, people trying to evade the cops as they were running moonshine. No, seriously, I'm not kidding. It started when people started, um, you know, jacking up their cars to go evade the cops while running moonshine through Appalachia and whatnot during Prohibition. And then they said, hey, you know what would be fun? Let's race these things. And so they made dirt tracks and tracks on the beach and the case of daytona and um raced them all around and then somebody came along and said hey we should organize this into an actual organized sport so y'all can get paid and there's a schedule and all sorts of stuff so nascar started in like 1949 was the first season of it so yeah they they organized it it's the national association of stock car auto racing you know that there's still like moonshiners out there Oh, yeah. There's the show sure. Moonshiners. That's how they make the moonshine. Mm-hmm. But there are people, not, there people out there. Dude, not right now. Now's the season's over. In April, there are going to be people in those woods in Appalachia getting mm-hmm. ready for their big shine. Oh, for sure. But, yes, the, the sport definitely started uh, by trying to evade the police and running faster than they could and hiding all sorts of nifty tricks up your car's sleeves. So, wow, so R- Richard Petty was like the Michael Jordan of moonshine smuggling. You know what? Richard Petty got suspended for a season from NASCAR because his engine was too big, like massively too big. And nobody wants to talk about it. Did you hear what Richard Petty's favorite go-to everyday sandwich is? Oh, it's not good. It's it's awful. It's I, like again, I don't even want to mayonnaise try it. or something. It's yes, like- it's mayonnaise and pepper like you put the mayonnaise on yeah. and a whole bunch of pepper and he puts it as a sandwich hey man that guy's like 98 years old and still looking pretty good so more power I, to him i just look it, we, we know we know when it comes to what you put on things like sandwiches and stuff condiments the fantasy alarm family is very divided surprisingly when it comes to that which i think is and your nba colleagues mostly don't like condiments man i don't get that john like hate condiments it's unbelievable yeah john and Pebble also likes vanilla ice cream and pretty much that's it which is why his nickname is vanilla bean yes yeah it's because of that but (laughs) (laughs) but a mayonnaise and pepper sandwich man that how that would taste 
how crappy that would taste is how pretty much my fantasy football season is going in just about every one of my I'm, leagues. I'm rebounding a little bit. I'm making a little bit of a rebound here. I got dodging bullets. Yeah, man, I got these stupid four and five teams, dude. It's it's annoying. It's not fun. Like normally, at least I'd have one team that maybe has only two losses. This year, it's a lot of five and four and four and five, and it, it's just a lot of the players that I really went in on just didn't work out or haven't worked out. Someone like a Najee Harris, who I went pretty in on, that hasn't really worked out. And now we're seeing reports that his workload can start to be cut into. And that's great in one league where I have him because I handcuffed and I've been riding Warren on the bench the entire time. But in other leagues, that that's a ceiling that's going to be lowered for a big-time running back and sells – I got these teams, man, that have some of the crappiest running back cores. Like a couple of teams I relied on, Cam Akers. That's been nothing short of a disaster. A couple of teams I have, Zeke. That hasn't been so fruitful. So, yeah, man, it's been – I know that the big thing is this year in football, it's been very unpredictable. But in fantasy, man, it's been hard trudging along, and I feel like the waiver wire is barely filled with anything that's uh, you know appealing. Yeah, it's like, you know, we, we get these questions all the time. Should I pick up this guy? Well, is he really that much better than the dude that's on your roster? Like, are you going to legitimately start him more often than the guy you're replacing him with? It's like, oh, my God, I need to get Terrace Marshall right now. I need Terrace Marshall. Like, like you want to hear excited. how nuts fantasy is this week? I have Joe Burrow on by in one of my leagues, right? I put in a wave, and I don't have a second – quarterback because when you have a guy like joe burrow you just go with one quarterback until he has a buy then you drop somebody who's not touching your starting roster to go fill in for the week right well apparently kyler murray's available (laughs) on the waiver wire so i'm dropping deontay johnson to go get kyler murray because deontay johnson hasn't done jack crap for me all year (laughs) And so we don't have anybody like, else you can drop. Let me, let me pull like, up, like, like, let me pull look, up this man, roster. I get it in a way, but like, there's gotta be somebody else out well, there that let you me could pull drop up this roster. And you want to tell me who I'm going to drop here from like, this, this, this. You can tell everybody, you can hear it in sells his voice. He hasn't said it. Cause he's modest. But he's like, I got a good freaking team here that I'm, well, about it to should be theoretically, but like, it's kind of hanging in there. So I got Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders starting at running back this week. We got, Chris Godwin, Jerry Judy, Brent, um, Ayuk at wide receiver. Travis Kelsey, clearly not touching him. He's a tight end. McCaffrey's in the flex. <laughs> and then we've got, oh, I did get Kyler Murray. How about that? So this move, so this, this doesn't matter because the waivers ran. So See, got, that's the problem. People ask us questions right. after they made the move. But here's the thing. So there's uh, Foreman is on my bench. Ramondre Stevenson's on my bench because he's on by. Dobbs is out, but I can't put him on reserve because he's not on IR and so NFL. Drop him and drop him instead of Deontay Johnson. No, because they're basically the same. But I like what Dobbs has done better. Aaron Rodgers has looked like trash. Okay, but I also have T. Higgins, so it doesn't really matter. No, Neither of those guys are getting. Dude, I, I'm telling you, man. Try to. Everybody's gonna see. De- Look, I know Deontay Johnson hasn't been great or anything, but you don't think that? I don't I'm, think I've started him, but for week one 
I know, but you can't view it like that because you can lose your depth in a week and then you need these guys. You can't just be like, I don't need them anyway. Yeah, I also oh. still have the most fab left, so I can go I get them back. You're just, you put Deontay Johnson out there. Yes. Oh, man. Because the last, the last five games in this half-point PPR league, he's put up 6, 7, 6.1, 8.5, 8.5, and 3.2. Okay. But none so, of that is going to help. I, I get what I get in a way how you're feeling. And by the way, he faces the Saints, whose defense is pretty good. Then he faces the Bengals. Then he faces the Colts. So none of those games am I going to start him. But but he's getting targeted a lot. That's the thing. Right. And here's my point. If I'm not going to start him in the next four games because he's on bye this week. You don't know I, that. I have five wideouts. But what if they get hurt? It's football. This can oh, happen. Pick up another guy, dude. It's the you, dude. You should have just gotten rid of Dobbs. It's a high ankle sprain, right? You don't know when you're going to see him back. Four weeks. No, that. What if it's longer? Then I'll find a replacement. Then, oh, but if you're not man. playing Deontay Johnson in in the next four games, then it's moot because Dobbs isn't playing in the next four games. You don't know that. You might have to. What if you lose a couple of receivers? And by the way, just so we're clear, (laughs) on NFL.com Fantasy, in this league, Dobbs is ranked as the 41st wide receiver and Deontay is the 42nd wide receiver. Okay, that does nothing. That does nothing for me. What does Adam Ronis say? What would Ronis say about that? I'm... Sells, I, I know that we we might have to bring you on better sports. So who else? Who like? I'm not dropping Godwin. That guy's been a no. beast the last three weeks. No, you're dropping Dobbs. <laughs> Dude, what are why? You thinking? Because he's out, and you don't know when he's going to be back. That's the problem. He right, might but not, no, here's he the might thing. not make that so, timetable. So here's the thing: a, I can now drop Kyler Murray after the bye week if I want to, or I can hold him. Right, or Let's say I need depth. Now I have a guy who is clearly going to be out who I can drop again. But if Deontay goes off after his bye week and I'm still not going to play him, then you're like, well, that complicates it. Because if he keeps going off, then he's not worth dropping. And then who do you drop? Right. Right. So I drop a guy that I know I'm not going to play in the next four weeks. And if I need depth, I have a guy who's out who I can now then drop because he'll be out. You messed up. You messed up. You messed up. Okay. It's okay. Look, I make mistakes. I mess up. You messed up here. You should have dropped Dobbs. You should have. That's the move. Because think about it. Who's going to grab Dobbs who's out for another few weeks? He's just going to remain there. Someone someone in your league just got a hard on because Deontay Johnson's out there. Oh, congratulations. You can go get a guy who's averaging six points a game. Right. He is right now. But let me tell you something. He's getting targeted and his schedule down the stretch. He's got a few weeks. Okay. You brought up a good point with the Saints. Then after that, because he just had his bye. Then after that, you've got the Bengals and the Colts. Both of their secondary is pretty good. But then after that, and let's just say you suffer an injury. It eases up. Okay, then it really eases up because you've got Atlanta, you've got Baltimore, you got twice, you've got Carolina, you've got Vegas in there. Bro, his final few matchups are appetizing. If freaking, yeah. what's his name, Pickett figures it out with him and he's getting targeted that much, you messed up. If he's out there next week, I didn't because I just not, dropped Dobbs and go get him back. Is there first come, first server? Is it that like once the waivers run, no one can just freely pick people up? No, he's on waivers till Sunday. 
Okay, and then what, Sunday you have a second go-around with waivers? For Sunday morning, yeah. I, I would cons- I would consider dropping Dobbs and going Deontay Johnson there. Look, man, he's Maybe. getting the targets. That's the thing. That's that's the problem. I know that it's not working out, but in this unpredictable of a year, you you need that volume right there. And Pickett can use these games, which he'll probably have minor success and maybe learn a few things. And then he gets Atlanta week 13. The rest of the schedule is great. You might have injuries at that point and might need some a high volume receiver. I mean, it's possible, but I do have Godwin and Higgins. You do. You do have Godwin and Higgins, but let's let's And I still have Dobbs who will come back. I still have Ayuk and I still have Judy. Okay. But you know, I mean, can you do you feel great though with Judy? Yeah, I mean he's I don't, good. You can't feel great with Jerry Judy on your team. Jerry Judy has had more weeks in which he has outscored Deontay Johnson this year. Right. Then any but like in this league, he has put up at least thirteen points in three of the last five games. By the way, and he's getting as many targets, by the way, as Deontay Johnson is. He's actually just doing something with said targets. Hey man, let's ride then. Let's keep Jerry Judy. But you know what? When you're looking at an injured guy... By the way, in terms of who I trust to figure it out, do I trust Kenny Pickett to figure it out before Russell Wilson? I mean... I think so. (laughs) I don't know about that, first of all. You see what's going on with the coaching situation there? Number one. Number two. Okay, first of all, in in Nathaniel Hackett's defense, they brought in somebody to help him with clock management. So now all he has to worry about is calling the damn plays, which is what he's good at. Right. And look, their defense, I'm not going to discredit their, their defense. defense is good, and I think the game in London may have helped them right the ship a little bit. I'm sick of those London games. I'm sick of the okay, game. Okay, well, now Germany. we get a German game. Yes, I know that, and it's at 9.30 in the morning on yes. Sunday. Set your lineups. Make sure that you have an alarm, and then that way that I don't have to read people complaining on Twitter all day long about how, you know, for West Coasters, please, please shut up. Howard Bender wakes up every single Sunday morning at probably 3 in the morning his time so he can host with me, who's probably yelling in his ear the entire time from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. his time. You could shut up and wake up and set your lineup, okay? If he could do that and deal with my ass— Every Sunday on Sirius XM, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern, by the way, I mean it's 4 a.m. his time, then you can wake up, quickly set your lineup, go take a piss, and then go back to bed. Yep, pretty much. Yes. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. Look, if somebody picks up Deontay Johnson, okay, great. But there's, like, there's literally 14 other similar wide receivers on the waiver wire right now. Well, I'm just, so, saying, I'm just saying that, look, you're right. The production hasn't been there. But if you think about it from when you'll need him, probably, assuming your team doesn't get hurt, you can't assume anything, man. Yes, if my team gets hurt, then I'm going to have to go and and farm for uh, players, right? Right. But I do have confidence in myself to do that because two years ago, I made it to the championship game with, a like, granted, I had a stacked roster, okay? I had, I don't know, it was like Mahomes and Kelsey, and they were both number one at their positions. And then I had, like, I had everybody at their position was in the top 10. The problem was they were all on teams that rested everybody 
in week 17 because this league went to week 17 because I forgot to check it before I signed up for the league. So that's on me. But week 17 was the championship. Everybody on my roster got rested. So I had to go and scavenge the waiver wire on Friday of week 17. (laughs) And I put together a roster of literally trash heap players that came within a point and a half of winning the championship. So if I had to go find a couple replacements, so be it. I've been swapping kickers for like weeks at this point. I guess I just, and I have okay, kickers. We're, this is different than, <laughs> by kickers. the way, don't use fab on kickers. Just wait until the fab period ends <laughs> and go pick them up for free. Well, dude, I need to put 50 on Myers. What are you talking about? Come on. By the way, you may want to pick up the Houston kicker this week because, <laughs> like, literally, I wrote the game preview and I'm like, who the hell am I going to suggest to play? Because I Nathan hate Pierce is questionable. Brandon Cooks is questionable. Nico Collins is questionable. Philip Dorsett is questionable. I think I, from what I've been reading, I think Nico Collins is actually going to play. I think so too. And but Cooks right now, too. like as of Wednesday when I wrote it, he was questionable. So I have right. to, I have to list that. But. Yeah. Matt Sills, by the way, does the game previews along with Britt Flynn on FantasyAlarm.com if you haven't read them just yet. Let me read you off a trade that someone yeah. asked me last night. And he goes... You're for NFL, not NBA, right? Yes, it's for NFL. <laughs> okay. No, I'm going to read you the fantasy basketball trade right there. You know That'd what be I'm excellent because I'd be terrible at You know that. what I'm going to do? I'm going to go into Discord and I'm going to... Someone's going to ask me a question and I'm going to be like, just ask at... Sells FA. <laughs> that's not gonna go. That's not gonna go well for them. Uh, so someone asked me this last night because again, you know, trade deadlines are coming up and everything like that. So you got to be careful when you're making trades in fantasy football. Sells and I are both into baseball, basketball for the respective sports, and it's different when you're trading in those fantasy sports as opposed to football players positions are valued very differently. So someone came to me and said in a full PPR that his team, who he says is awesome, he got offered Aaron Jones and Jamar Chase for Ramondre Stevenson and Amon Ross St. Brown. He's got on this team as well, Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. So he he would wind up with Hill, Jefferson, and Chase? Yes, he would. He would. Which, Which, look, man... That sounds great, right? But let me ask you this. Is injured. Exactly, Cells. Exactly. Just like Romeo Dubs. So here's what you're doing. Not you, Cells. This this friend of mine. Here's what he's doing. So it's great. You got awesome receivers. It's wonderful. And I, I don't want to speak this into existence, but this is reality. Justin Jefferson goes down. Then what? Now you're making this deal. And I know you can't play scared, but you're making this deal and you're trading for an injured receiver with a hip injury. And those injuries, cells, I don't know if you agree with me, they're pretty finicky. Hard yeah, to manage. And by the way, in. the Bengals' diagnosis timeline was simply because, quote, he's built different is basically what it came down to. <laughs> Literally in their statement, they said he's bi- he's physiologically different than any other than than most people. AKA he's built different is their diagnosis. So like that that's not comforting. That's amazing right there. That's that's total that that says it all right there. You know, that just says it all. But you so you now you're going to trade Amon Ross St. Brown. Not the greatest year, but a guy who you can rely on. He's going to get heavy target volume. 
you're trading him and you're trading him for an injured wide receiver. It's great. But when he wrote me this trade, he goes, I'm thinking playoffs. No, you have to think right now in a year like this, it's about survival. It's about maintaining your depth. That's what you the need. Other, to the other thing is that as an Aaron Jones owner, I have Aaron Jones and Ramondre on the same team, right? I just read you that roster. And Ramondre is outperforming him on a per week basis. And people right now he's on by this week. So if you made this trade this week, you can't even use like, are you giving up Ramondre or are you getting Ramond? He would know. be, he would be, be giving up. He would be giving up Ramondre. So it's, but like but if his team is awesome. I'm not concerned if he's down a running back for one bye week. I'm concerned right. that he's trading for an injured guy, giving away a strong receiver. And all of a sudden, some one of his other receivers goes down. He's like, I got Terry McLaurin too. Well, okay. Like, let's just say he's Terry McLaurin. Okay, but not. Right, exactly. Like, okay, Terry McLaurin. Let's say it's not Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson that goes down. It's Terry McLaurin. Well, now you're down big time receiver depth. Because yeah. you're still, we don't know when Jamar Chase will be back. Yeah, I wouldn't make that because to me, you're just swapping. Like Aaron Jones is a bigger name than Ramondre Stevenson, but in production, Stevens, I'd rather have Stevenson right now than Jones at this point because a Jones is still splitting carries. Ramondre is basically the bona fide number one in New England for a team that loves to run the ball at this point. Um, and Chase is injured. Right, but that's not training for like me holding on to an injured guy is about having depth to be able to pick up other people, right? I'm not going to trade for an injured guy and then hope that I get him. But like, I guess the only upside would be is if Chase is actually on the IR and you can list him as a reserve or IR guy in your league and pick up somebody else for depth until he comes back. But you're still giving up Amon Ra to go get a bench receiver. Right. Which right. And that's what I told him. I was like, my philosophy is in fantasy football, I am not trading for injured players. I am yep. not playing for trading for players who are currently injured. It makes absolutely no sense. I might pick them up on the waiver wire to drop. Like if I'm dropping a guy who just sits on my bench to pick up an injured guy who's going to sit on my bench, I'm looking at it for like, what am I going to do with this guy after he's not injured? But I'm not trading a guy that's healthy for an injured guy. I'm not the new. I'm not the New York Yankees here. I'm not, I'm not trading a key piece for a guy who's injured and in no, because you know why you don't have that luxury to make it up like you do in basketball and in baseball where there's a lot of games. You don't. Your games are limited, and that's where I think this thought process comes in, cells. Because when we don't have games and we're not able to erase the chalkboard and go to the next days of games and stuff like that, when evaluating these teams. On a, on a game by game basis, we have a full week where we're thinking, we're prognosticating, we're making predictions in our mind, we're putting some of them on, I was going to say paper, but on the computer screen, whatever. And the thing is, I think sometimes with that comes paranoia. It's okay, you're looking at your team, you're not seeing a game at this point that it's okay, this team looks great. Am I trading for a final piece for a contender where I'm struggling in depth? No, I'm trying to mess with my receiving core at that point so it can look the best on paper and you don't get anything for style points 
when it comes to fantasy football or any fantasy sport at the end of the year. I often actually take pride in the gross lineups that have won me championships, like with Matt Asiata in it back in 2014 when he ran in three scores. Like that, those are the ones. Jamal Williams a few years ago when he was facing our Jets cells and he went off for 25 fantasy points right there. And that definitely helped me when I'm starting as well. Kalen Balage as the other running back in a messed up final. And that's the thing. Be, sometimes the best trade is to not make that trade. Even if your team is good, you're struggling at depth. You trade from a position of depth. You're cool. You're balanced. Leave it the hell alone. That's what you do. Watch waivers. Make your reserves the best that they can be. Make sure your reserves have high ceilings, but still don't necessarily trade and start messing with your team, A, just to make trades, but B, so that it looks like the most dominant roster on paper. Because if you don't win that championship, it means nothing. Yeah, the other thing is bye weeks. Like, keep in mind bye weeks, right? Well, week 14, trade... bro. Week 14. Right, the Packers have a week 14. So you're actually getting killed on that one because you're trading for Ramondre now, and he's on bye, so you can't use him. And then you're giving up Aaron Jones, who has a week, like. Yeah, I don't know if that matters so much, Sells. I, I really, especially if you're making, like, if you're getting the guy with the later bye week, it matters because week 14 is the last chance in most leagues to make the playoffs or is the I think first. it's relevant to where you are in the standings. This guy says he's in first place. He's killing the league. You can't be concerned. That's how you make a mistake. That you can't be overly, you'll make up for it. You've got strong depth at running back and wide receiver. You'll make up for it. You, okay. The hardest but decision. Not to be, mention that Ramondre also has like the better schedule down the street. Right. And and also, I mean, I mean, I'm a, listen, ultimately I'm a Damian Harris guy, not for fan. I like Damian Harris, but they're going away from Damian Harris. Okay. And Damian Harris, I mean, I know it's been, he was sick. He was a little bit banged up, but still Ramondre Stevenson has been a very solid back. Everything is advertised, by the way, because I feel like before the season, we were kind of told by the beat reporters, by some of our analysts as well on the site that this guy, it's going to be his backfield at some point. Yeah, he's had at least 15 carries in one, two, three, four, four of the last five games. And he's had, he's caught at least four, like he's caught seven passes in two of those. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a yeah. trivia question. How many multi-passing touchdown games has Tom Brady had this year? Multi-touchdown passing games? I think it's two. One. One. Tom Brady. One. Yep. That's the year Tom Brady's I mean, having. To funny. be fair, Britt called it, or Britt Flynn called it in the hot in the preseason hot takes that Brady was not going to have a good year. So well, you know what? She was, she was right about that, man. Wolf, this guy, I mean, he's had one disaster. week. He's at the can the Kansas city game. He threw three every other game. It's been well, like everybody throws three against Kansas city. They've allowed 17 passing touchdowns this year. Yes. But that's, I was just saying that that was the one game in which he threw more than one touchdown pass. Yeah, by the way, you want to talk about how, how crazy the NFL has been this year? Through week nine, there have been 72 one-possession games. 
That's pretty crazy. That's an NFL high, like, all time. Right. You want to hear something else nuts? The Falcons have played in 10% of those. Aren't the Falcons, like, now 7-2 and two against the spread? Yeah, because they I, play I, in – literally, three, they've played in seven one-possession games this year. Yeah. they. I, I believe that the line closed last week at 3.5. I know some people had it at 3. I think it was 3.5, and, and they covered that. Yeah. You want to take a guess as to how many – 10 point or fewer games the Chiefs have played in this year? I'm going to guess three. Six. Wow. Aside from blowing out the Cardinals and blowing out the Niners in the second half, they have played everybody to within to 10 points or less. In fact, the Tampa game at 10 points is the only other one outside of one possession that the Chiefs have played this entire year. So they're not blowing people out. Like even the chiefs, everybody, Oh, that offense has been great yet. They're not blowing people out. You know how crazy this NFL season has been. The jets are six and three. The New York jets are actually six and three. And they just beat the potential AFC champions. Yeah. Though Josh Allen's elbow is going to be looming. And they messed Josh Allen's elbow up too. Yeah, which we didn't root for, obviously. No. no. By the way, did you see the Jets own the Bills again on Monday? So the Bills put out that video of them zooming into their new stadium concept, right? And the Jets took it and edited it and put on the scoreboard Jets 20, Bills 17. Wow. Wow. Good. Good. Fire them up. Make them mad. Good. Yeah, that's I'm like, eh, we're playing with a little bit of fire here. Like the Bills are going to get healthier. I mean, and, look at the AFC East. Every team's over 500. Yeah. Even even the Patriots who have been quote unquote struggling and off this year are <laughs> are like what, five, five and four. Three? Five and four, yeah. Meanwhile, you go to the AFC South and you've got just the Titans over 500. Well, look at the NFC North. I know, dude. That the Vikings have a four and a half game lead in that division. But you know what's interesting? I think back when I think of the Vikings, I think back to when the Eagles just completely held them down earlier this year, man. Well, it was a primetime game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they had played at one o'clock. That thing would have been a bump. Maybe the maybe the Vikings <laughs> are the only undefeated team, and the Eagles have a loss. Like, <laughs> comes down I to never, pro- I never believed that. And then I saw that game, and I'm like, okay, that's... I'm, I mean, to I'm be throwing. fair, Cousins didn't exactly have a very good week nine against Washington in his the first trip back to his old... Oh, stop. my God, and he's all standing there dancing on the plane with the chains on and everything. Hey, man, let yeah. the guy have his Cole's dad Listen, moment. Like He's taking a lot of heat, Kirk Cousins. So. Yeah, but the dude is a genius when it comes to contracts. You know how much money that dude has guaranteed yeah. himself? He's He's good. He's good. Well, everybody wants to crap on Russell Wilson, and rightly so, for his plane workouts and all that stuff. That 245 isn't fully guaranteed as far as I'm aware. Football so, contracts I'll never guess. I'll get, man, because I, I, if any sport should have guarantees, it's, it's football. Well, so. yeah. I mean, that's the advantage that baseball just, has. Or, or there's billions of dollars in sports and all leagues should have everything you get is guaranteed. I mean, yeah. But you know, it's I just never understood that. Let's hit the family table there, cells here. What do you what are you gonna be bringing to our family table this week? I can only imagine what you're bringing to the family table. I'll step <laughs> back. 
I am bringing to the table that if you pick a career that you enjoy, don't freaking ask for a damn bye week in the (laughs) middle of the season. I'm sorry you don't play for a team. You don't get the bye week. Your body isn't taking vicious hits game after game after game after game. And then you tweet out, fantasy analysts deserve a bye week. What? Why? We, if you're only football, you work 18, you put out content like 18 weeks a year and maybe a little bit of draft stuff. Like, I'll grant you August, okay? We'll go August through maybe like the first week in January. That's like 40% of the year. You're getting paid to work for 40% of the year and then you want a bye week for in the middle of the season? You serious? Take a bye week in week 18 when basically nobody's playing. Like, that guy was that guy responded to you and he's like, Whoa, well, uh, welcome to the industry. Man. Yeah, he's like, Good luck in the industry. I'm like, dude, I've been in the industry for seven <laughs> years. Okay. I cover NFL, MLB, NASCAR, and F1. So I never you wrote have all that. There's no sports. You like, wrote all that? And I text, I immediately messaged Grande and I'm like, dude, sells. Like, it's just a soft take. I'm sorry, but n- nobody goes, I'm gonna apply for a job as a fantasy analyst. We all begged to get into this industry, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you're one of the OGs that originally created the industry. Everybody here that's here now asked for a shot to write for a site and worked their way up and grinded and begged for it. That tells me you wanted to be in the industry. If you want to do your job, you shouldn't be begging for an off week mid-season, okay? If you want an off week, do what... Several of our colleagues do take the week before the season starts off or Mm -hmm. two weeks before the season starts off. I do it for NASCAR. I take the week before NASCAR off. Usually I don't have to go anywhere. Usually it's a staycation because it's February and who wants to go anywhere in February because I'm, you know, aside from maybe visiting Florida, but don't, if you beg for your job and you enjoy what you do, you should not need a bye week in the middle of the sport you're covering, okay? This guy only covers football. And then he tries to throw in there, well, December through March is pretty busy too. And then you got April with the drip. No, no, like it doesn't, you're getting sporadic questions at that point in the year. I understand that during NFL season, it is a grind. Sure. I also covered four sports in, in September. I covered NFL, I covered F1, I covered NASCAR, and I covered MLB, and I'm still alive, and I'm still enjoying my job. So you can get away from me with this, I need a bye week crap. If you want that, quit your job. Yep. Just don't write fantasy. Go go enjoy the sport. Work a day job. End of rant. Yeah, that person just wants, he wants that kind of response. He wants the reaction when it comes to that. Well, okay, congrats, but it's also like charm and soft, which is why I use the. You put that on Twitter. That was funny. I saw that at the salesman, by the way, for being able to grab your popcorn and watch cells go after. I mean, rightfully so. I think I think Grande might have said something also to someone. Or, yeah, like we, yeah. I think, but that's the truth. And you know, it's like a lot of us that cover multiples, but we don't have an off season, and it's hard. And for us, and you know what, you just. You try to find some of your colleagues to help you, you know, make do with the work or while you're on your break, you just 
pull yourself aside with your laptop, you burn out an article or you burn out a piece. That's really what you do. And, and that's how you make it work. It's we a bunch of us cover multiple sports and there's no way around it. It's some of us don't even have the luxury to have a full real off season. And you just got to make do you got to make you got to be able to understand that you wanted to be in this career because you either loved sports growing up and it's what you wanted to do. But really, it's because it's a fun career. But with a fun career comes sacrifice. And that's why a lot of people don't choose to go into the fun career. Exactly. I'm not I'm not complaining by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoy what I do. I find ways to take time off when it works. And heck, even when I've taken vacations, I've still produced content on vacations because people can't cover what some of the sports I do. That's fine. That's the price we pay for doing what we do. Right. Don't complain about it in the middle of your season. Right. It's the truth. It's the truth. The, uh, I am going to actually kind of – I'm not going to stay on that topic. I'm going to go to a different topic, and that is that, you know, again, we're all we're all working our hearts out and everything like that. For those that are in – because I'm very involved in the NBA Discord. If I can't get to your question, let's just say in a couple hours, do not take it personally. I'm doing my best. I've got other work. I've got shows six days a week, and I really, when I'm doing shows, I'm just the type of person that really likes to focus on the show itself. So sometimes during breaks of that show, I'll go in. But if for some reason, every so often, you ask a question, and I don't answer for a few hours, I'll go back and check it. Don't worry. You don't have to tag me. You don't have to rush me along or anything like that. Look, I want to help everybody. And that's the truth of the matter. But- you got to understand that there are times when that content that you're reading has got to get up somehow. We're writing it. We're broadcasting. And so if I miss your question every so often, I apologize. But if it's been a couple hours, then don't just tag me again. Give me some time. Let me help you. Help me help you. So I'm saying, Sells, what do you think? Is that is that professional enough? Yeah, that's, that's reasonable. Look, I think um... – for the most part, most people understand that we are not here 24-7 to answer all of their questions all the time and not produce other things. Clearly, people read the content and listen to the pods and the radio shows and whatever, and that drove them to the site. So for the vast majority of people, this is perfectly fine and whatnot. Uh, some people who think that their fantasy team should be higher prioritized than other people's right um and i love the passion i love yeah, the passion. passion is fine but you have to understand that we're like we got jobs in Fancy's <laughs> case the shows he's doing six days a week are about a bunch of different sports right so sunday is only football yes but five days a week he's got like i'm on to talk football and occasionally nascar when that's in season he's he leads in with football and basketball talk to me most of the time they talk more stuff after that like, so he's got to research. Like, I'll get to it. I will get to your question. And if I can't, trust me, I'll acknowledge it and everything. But there are going to be times when I'm going to need some time to answer your questions. And that's just the way it is. And I'm going to say this right here, right now. If you just keep tagging me on a question over and over again, I'm just not, not going to answer it. I'm just not. And that's as nice as I'm going to be about it. I'll get to your question. 
I will do my best, just like everybody else will do their best in Discord as well. We all want to answer your questions, but there are times, and especially those of you that are asking about a lot of pickups, multiple pickups every single day, multiple pickups every single day, that's, you're fine. You're doing the work. You're great. But don't just tag me after an hour or two, like, Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. That's all I'm going to say about that. There, I'm not going to get into. Also, don't don't ask start to questions for NFL on a Tuesday. That too, by the way. Even if you have Thursday players, wait the extra day or two because most of the time, the analysts are going to say we have to wait to see what the injuries are, and that's not a BS excuse. That's just the way because we want to give you. If we tell you to play somebody on Tuesday and you forget to check your lineup and then they don't play on Thursday and then you come back and complain to us, right? That's it. It's fine. I love, dude, I love talking basketball with people. That's the thing. And I'm in that NBA Discord all the time. It's just, hey, if I can't get it, then I won't get back to it. I assure you of that. Give Matt Sells a follow on Twitter at The Salesman. Give me a follow on Twitter at Fedsty Sports. We'll be back next week to talk more when it comes to especially trading too. Because these next few weeks are deadline weeks for a lot of leagues. So we want to make sure that you are not making any crazy trades, making any questionable ad drop sells, and then we will help you get ready for your playoff push here because a family that sticks together wins together.